0: If I were to ask you what is the most common emotional pain in our society, how would you answer? Depression? Anxiety? Guilt? Actually, sociologists tell us that the most common emotional pain in our culture is loneliness. Which can lead to depression and anxiety. There are many telltale signs that this is true. Social media. People are linking up with other people 24-7 on their computers, PDs, phones, and tablets. Psychic counselors. Just read this last week that Rose Smith, psychic and founder of Absolute Soul Secrets, the largest network of psychic readers in the world, boasts that business is booming. And she explains, relationships are the main reason why people seek our services. Coffee shops. Internet cafes, clubs, other gathering places. People are looking for places to connect other people. Personals, online and in print, along with dating services. People are longing for companionship. I mean, even beer commercials. They're not about selling beer. They're about relationships. <laughs> Think about it for a minute. You see, God created us. He designed us with an innate need For others. He himself said in Genesis 2 and verse 18, it is not good for the man to be alone. And so even in the Garden of Eden, where originally everything was absolutely perfect, man still needed companionship. It is not good. It's never good for a person to be alone. We have an inborn God-given need for relationships. Now I think that God has given at least these three things to help reduce the pain of loneliness in our lives. First, He's given us His plan to live for. His plan... To live for. The Psalmist wrote in Psalm one hundred thirty eight and verse eighteen, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. And when I'm focused on living out God's plan for my life, I really don't have a whole lot of time for pity parties because I'm feeling lonely. Pursuing God's plan, if you haven't noticed, is hard work (laughs) and takes a lot of effort and energy and time on our part. Second, He's given us His people to live with. His people to live with. Psalm 68 and verse 6 reminds us God sets the lonely in families. And you might say, well, Mark, I don't have a family. Well, yeah, you do. Galatians 6 and verse 10 reminds us that the church is the family of believers. Amen. And part of the purpose of Springville NAS is to provide you with opportunities to build relationships through potlucks and life groups and ministry teams and retreats and activities and such. And third, he gives you his presence to live in. His presence to live in. Earlier I asked you to turn to Psalm 139. So follow up. Now, as I read verses 7 through 12, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. Is there even in the darkest times of my life? He is there. He is omnipresent. Paul put it this way in Acts 17, verses 27 and 28. God doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in Him. Can't get away from Him. And so to help reduce the pain of loneliness, God gives us His plan to live for, His people to live with, and His presence to live in. We are in the midst of a series of lessons entitled Fighting Your Fears. Our theme verse is Psalm 34 and verse 4. Let's read it out loud together. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Now this morning in our fifth lesson, we're focusing on my loneliness. As we study the fear of loneliness together, it's the third thing that God gives us, His presence to live in that I want us to explore a bit deeper today. And as we do so, first I want you to understand the blessings of God's presence. The fact that God is always present in my life is a blessing in so many different ways. Let me just touch on four examples. First, God's presence cheers me up. God's presence cheers me up. Look at God's wonderful promise to us in Hebrews 13 and verse 15. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Assuredly not. In the Old Testament, David knew what it was like to be alone. In Psalm 25 and verse 15, he cries out to God, Turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely. You see, in his boyhood days, he spent many isolated days and weeks out in the wilderness tending the sheep. As the youngest runt of the family, he was often misunderstood and mistreated by his older brothers. When his popularity grew to the point that it made King Saul jealous, David actually had to flee for his life hiding in lonely seclusion. He lost his best friend Jonathan in death. His own wife Michael ridiculed him. His own son Absalom tried to usurp his throne. And even in his success, David discovered just how lonely a leader can be. So, what did David do? He pressed into God. As you read these psalms he composed. It's not difficult to see the intimate relationship that David developed with God. No wonder God Himself called David a man after his own heart. In Psalm 116 and verse 11, David said, Your presence, God, fills me with joy. And so the first blessing that comes from God's presence in my life is that God's presence cheers me up. Secondly, God's presence spurs me on. God's presence spurs me on. Let's read these verses in Isaiah 43 out loud together. Would you read them with me? When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, your Savior. Reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in the fiery furnace, and the king had thrown the three of them in that furnace, and he says, wait a minute. I see a fourth person. It's God. Right in the fiery furnace, present with these three men who trusted in Him. You see, whenever we're faced with a challenge, whenever the odds are stacked against us, whenever it seems we're on shaky ground, when we're tempted to hit the panic button and we want to give up, we must remember that God's presence is with us wherever we may be. David said it so well, Psalm 16, verses 8 and 9. I'm always aware of the Lord's presence. He is near and nothing can shake me. And I'm so thankful and glad and I feel completely secure. So this is the second blessing that comes from God's presence in my life. God's presence spurs me on. Third, God's presence helps me out. God's presence helps me out. As you probably know, one of my favorite scripture verses is 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. No temptation has come your way that is too hard for flesh and blood to bear, but God can be trusted not to allow you to suffer any temptation beyond your powers of endurance. He will see to it that every temptation has a way out so that it will never be impossible for you to bear it. How exactly can God... Help us out when it comes to temptation because He Himself has been there. Look at what the writer of Hebrews wrote about Jesus who was God in the flesh. Hebrews verse 18, and now that Jesus has suffered and was tempted, He can help anyone else who is tempted. Hebrews 4 verses 15 to 16, Jesus understands every weakness of ours because He was tempted in every way we are, but He did not sin Whenever we are in need, we should bravely come before the throne of our merciful God. There we will be treated with undeserved kindness, and we will find help. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So the next time you're tempted, next time you feel like you're facing a trial, a struggle, all alone, remember that God is watching and He is waiting for you to reach out to Him for help. He is present even in our trials and our temptations. So here's the third blessing that comes from God's presence in my life. God's presence helps me out. Number four, God's presence sees me through. God's presence sees me through. Read Psalm 34 and verse 18 out loud with me. The Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He saves those who have lost all hope. New Living Translation puts the same verse this way. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirit. As a pastor, I've had many opportunities to observe how people respond to various tragedies. Injury, terminal illness, bankruptcy, broken relationships, even death. And I've often wondered about the unbeliever. How do they deal with it without God? And I'm going to tell you, by the way, not very well. When I am discouraged and brokenhearted and crushed in spirit... I am so glad that God is present. I'm so glad that He's not some kind of an impersonal force. May the force be with you. But that He is close. He is near. He is real. The 23rd Psalm, David put it this way. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. Many translations say the valley of death. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Don't miss those words. You are with me. God's presence. (laughs) And notice, by the way, that it says through the darkest valley. It doesn't say in the darkest valley or to the darkest valley. It says through the darkest valley. God's presence can see me through the darkest times of my life. so here's the fourth blessing that comes from God's presence in my life. God's presence sees me through. The blessings of God's presence in my life. God's presence cheers me up, spurs me on, helps me out, and sees me through. (laughs) Now, all of that leads to the blueprint for God's presence. So how do I experience God's presence in my life? As I'm facing the fear of loneliness, how do I make certain that I am in fact living in God's presence day after day? Well, read Psalm 27 and verse 5 out loud with me. The one thing I want from God, the thing I seek most of all, is the privilege of living in His presence every day of my life. How do we do that? How do we do that? From my own experiences and study and observations, I'll share with you just very quickly these seven biblical guidelines to follow as a blueprint for our lives. Beginning with this one. Number one, you've got to invite God. i got to invite God into my life. That's where it starts. You understand that, right? Yeah. Jesus said... And the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to God except through me. See, that's where experiencing God's presence begins—in a personal relationship with Him by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And if you have not chosen to embrace Jesus Christ as the Savior and Lord of your life, if you have not invited God into your heart and into your life, I say to you this morning. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make this important decision. Invite God into your life. And so if you're interested, well, how do I do that? Well, then on your communication card, that little flap we had you torn off, there's a box on there that says, I'm interested in learning how to become a Christian. You check that box, and we'll get with you. Believe me. And we'll sit down and we'll tell you and we'll show you from the Scripture how you can invite God into your life. Because that's where it begins. You'll never expect. If, first of all, you don't invite Him. Number two, begin each day with God. Begin each day with God. Mark 1, verse 35 tells us, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. Now, by the way, that was not an isolated incident. On the contrary, the Bible indicates that this was the norm was Jesus' daily spiritual discipline to begin each day with God. And all I have to say is that if Jesus knew that in His life, yes. what's that say of us? Hmm? If you want God to be with you through the day, start your day with Him. Start your day with Him. Number three, talk to God throughout the day. Talk to God throughout the day. Ephesians 6.19 urges us to pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every of prayer at all times. 1 <laughs> Thessalonians simply tells us to pray without ceasing. I mean, if God is present with us every moment of every day and everything then shouldn't we talk to him all the time? I tell people if they saw me in my office over here during the week, they would think I was... Because I am constantly talking out loud, and I know some of you do that to yourself. (laughs) But I do it it with God. I constantly hold conversation with God. God, what what do you think about this scripture that I'm reading right now? God, what what do you think about situation. God, give me certain, certain wisdom about this. God, I invite you in on this area of my life. What do you think? I want, I want to be in step with you, God. And so I'm constantly praying out loud. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to develop the habit of doing the same thing. Just talk to God all the time. Because yes. He's there. Yes, or, we need to tune in to God's presence continually. Tune in. Again, Paul proclaimed in Acts 17, verse 28, we live and move in Him. We just need to learn how to look for the evidence of God's presence in our lives. If I said to you this morning that this room is filled with unseen radio waves, would you believe me? It is? You know what that is because you have your phone and it gets a signal. And you have your tablet and it gets connected to the internet. And you have your TV which is connected to a satellite of all things. And there are all these radio waves all over this room. But you don't see them right now, do you? You have to have something that captures it. Something that tunes into that radio signal. All I'm saying to you is that God is everything. And we need to tune in to Him. We need to pray, God, let us become more aware of Your presence. That needs to be our prayer. Let us experience the glory of Your goodness. It's all around us. And we need to tune in. We need to become more aware. God, help me to see You at work. life help me to be conscious of how you're working with me how your presence is all around me let me tune into that god number five we need to seek to do god's will always seek to do god's will always I think one of the most amazing statements Jesus ever made is found in John 4 and verse 34. Let me just give you the context before we look at it. Jesus and his disciples have traveled into the province of Samaria, not a place most Jews went to because of the rift between the half-breed Samaritans and the pure-breed Jews. Jesus, of course, didn't recognize that. But they travel and they come to the city of Samaria in the, city of, in the province there and of Galilee, Samaria. And, and, and the disciples go into the city to go get something to eat because everybody's hungry. Jesus stays behind at the well for a reason, as you find in the story in chapter 4. A woman comes to the well. Remember that? Yes. A woman came to the well in the middle of the day, not with all the other women who came in the morning because she was an outcast. She was a sinful woman and could not be with the other women. But Jesus was there and He began to talk to her about, I've got some living water. Want some of it? (laughs) Because if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. And He has this whole spiritual conversation with her about him being the Messiah and the Savior. And right about that time as he's finishing up his conversation, the disciples come back out to the well, and they say to Jesus, Are you hungry? Do you want something to eat? And Jesus says to them in John 4 and verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. You know what Jesus was saying there? What's most important to me? What's number one on my list is to do God's will. I'd rather do that than feed myself a Big Mac and some fries. I would rather, I'm not really interested in the physical food that you're offering right now because I am so much immersed in this conversation I'm having with this lady about her eternity. My will is God's will. I want to do what God wants me to do, and that's what fills me up. That's my food. I'm more interested in that kind of thing than I am in physical food. It's kind of the same principle Jesus implied in Matthew 6 and verse 33. In fact, let's read this out loud together. But more than anything else, put God's will first and do what He wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. (laughs) Don't miss that. Put God's will first first. See, see our problem is that most of the time we get this verse backwards. We're we're looking for the other things. (laughs) We're interested in the stuff of life. We're interested in the things that this world has to offer us and we're pursuing those things and God's will becomes second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh or someplace down the list. And Jesus is simply reminding if you want to get things in order in your life, then get them in order. And God's will must come first. His righteousness, His kingdom must come first. And then all the other things will fall into place. If we want to experience God's presence in our life, then He must be number one. In fact, he will not share number one with anybody or anything. That's why, as the very first of the Ten Commandments puts it, you shall have no other gods before me. Number six, we need to build relationships with God's people. Build relationships with God's people. That's just a restatement of what we said earlier. God gives us his people to live with. In fact, we do need each other. We cannot, we must not navigate through this life on our own. It is not good. It is never good for a person to be alone. We have an inborn, God-given need for relationship. By the way, just a little side note. Think about this with me for a minute. God in His very nature, who He is, demonstrates relationship. Because God reveals Himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he is God, God, Godhead, of relationship. And being created in his own image, we too have that innate need. I love the way the Passion Translation words, Hebrews 10 and verse 25. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward. Number seven. Develop the habit of praising God. Develop the habit of praising God. Psalm 22 verse 3 tells us that God is wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Some translations say that God is dwelling in the praises of His people. The old King James says God inhabits the praises of Israel. The point is that God's presence manifests itself in our praise of Him. Something unique and powerful happens when we worship God. As we sang earlier, come and rise from your rest and be blessed by our praise as we glory in your embrace, as your presence now fills this place. Something happens to the atmosphere, the environment around us when we praise and worship. Holy Spirit, You are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our lo- our hearts long for, to be overcome by Your presence, Lord. And I just want to encourage you to... Create an atmosphere and an environment of praise in your everyday life. Turn off that TV set and put on some praise and worship music. And start singing along with it. When you're in your car, get that stinking serious radio off of there unless you're listening to 88.9 Spirit Radio, and get get some Christian worship music on there that you can sing to in the car and sing for your heart's desire to the Lord. And fill the atmosphere of your life. You will be amazed. Miraculous things will begin to happen. You will be changed because you make that simple adjustment in your lifestyle. I know it to be true. So these seven biblical guidelines are a good blueprint, a good place for us to begin if we're going to experience God's presence in our daily lives. First of all, of course, we must invite God into our lives. And then we must begin each day with God and talk to God throughout the day and tune in to God's presence continually and seek to do God's will always and build relationships with God's people and develop the habit of praising and worshiping God. Mm -hmm. Fighting your fears. This morning we've looked at my loneliness. The fear of loneliness is perhaps the most common emotional pain that we experience in our lives today. The loneliness of death and the loneliness of divorce and the loneliness of the business trip. The loneliness of moving into a new community. The loneliness of a new job or new school. The loneliness of being single. The loneliness of a spouse who won't listen. The loneliness of a friend who won't understand. The loneliness of success. The loneliness of the crowd. Yeah, did you know you can be lonely and have people all around you? and on and on I could go the fear of loneliness that touches our lives in so many different ways so what's the truth love and faith solution for the fear of loneliness God's presence his presence cheers me up spurs me on helps me out and sees me through and the true solution is that I am not ever alone And the love solution is that God will never, ever forsake me. His love never fails. And the faith solution is that I must take the steps of faith necessary to live in the presence of God each and every day of my life. Let's close by reading Psalm 118 and verses 5 and 6 out loud together. I called to the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. I will not be afraid. Because the Lord is with me. Did you see that? I will not be afraid. Why? Because the Lord is with me. His presence. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your presence in our lives. And thank You for reminding us of that today in a very real way. Help us to learn how to embrace your presence, how to live and move in your presence every moment of every day. Let us become more aware of your presence. Come and change the atmosphere and the environment of our lives as we tune in to your presence, as we take these steps that are necessary for us to truly live in your presence as we make some choices, not to listen to the voice of the world, but to listen to Your voice, to surround ourselves with Your praise, and with Your worship, and to give You the glory that You alone deserve. Teach us to do Your will, always, that we are never, ever alone.